All right, folks, uh, full disclaimer here and full disclosure to our listeners. We recorded a bit of stuff uh, in today's live podcast episode that didn't actually make it to the final cut because our internet was a little spotty uh, down at SWIC. So you'll hear reference to uh, um, some interviews that I had predicted we would have and uh, several of them we did not have in the future. So all for the same price of admission, but uh, a little grace if you are looking for those things that I'd mentioned we would have because we will not. And now, on to the show. Well, good morning. It is Friday, February 24th. And welcome back to the fourth episode of Season 2 of District 29's Political Action Committee podcast, District 29 Unpacked. You look like you want to say something. No, I'm good. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> For once. Uh, I am on strike, and I'm yes. your host, Adam Gibson. We're coming to you live from an undisclosed location today. Say hello <laughs> to my regular co-host. He's also clandestine, but he's too loud to hide it. It's Chris Masterson. <laughs> hey. Uh, yeah, I can be a little loud. What can I say? Remember- I, you know, I stepped I stepped here at Swix Island today, and uh, I got greeted by, hey, there's our conservative. And I'm like, well, if Bernie Sanders is a conservative, then I guess I am. But. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Remember to access us via the podcast app on your Apple device and search D29 Unpacked. Subscribe to help us out. Um, you can always email us. I'm not even going to bother with that because people stopped emailing. You can follow District 29 Pack Twitter <laughs> account at OSSTFD. Today, we're happy to be back after a brief hiatus. Today's a very special episode because we are live and on location. Reporting from the Provincial Day of Action, highlighted here locally by the mass showing at Zwix Park. And later on, we'll have some excerpts uh, from that day, including interviews with the local presidents of all four of the unions uh, with us here today. That's ETFO, OSSTF, OECTA, and AEFO. And if we're lucky, Greg Stevens will stop by at the end to tell you how at home you can strike on both an archipelago and an isthmus. I think we should actually have Greg this time. He might get bumped. Yeah, he might. So uh, it's been a while since we've been back, Chris. What, in your uh, humble estimation, what's been the general response publicly to OSF's STF's continued action? <laughs> uh, well, I think the the information coming out in the polling clearly shows that uh, you know somewhere in the neighborhood of sixty five to seventy percent of the public are supporting uh, our stand for public education. Um, you know, the polling is not positive for the Ford government. Um, I, I, I think it's working. Uh, I know talking to our members uh, regularly in the picket line, you know, there's some frustration that they haven't seen movement yet. Um, However, uh, I think people realize that that there's no option. This this is our option. We have to continue to fight, uh, even if it appears there's no movement. And I know conservative uh, conservatives are meeting this weekend, and I suspect that there's going to be some pressure from the various MPPs yeah, right. to the to the caucus to say, hey, um, you know what, we, we we stand to lose the next election if we don't fix this problem. And, uh, you know, here we are today, there's going to be upwards of a thousand people in, in Belleville, and it's happening all around the province, 25,000 people to 30,000 in Toronto. Uh, I know Peel's blocking uh, Highway 10. Yeah, uh, so, I was, I was so, reading last know, night that their plan was to block like 30 you, kilometers. You, you can't ignore this 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 many people and here in our own area with Daryl Cramp and, and Todd Smith um, it's really difficult for them to ignore uh, this many people 
Um, it's a lot of people in our community. Yeah. Uh, it's employed people who spend a lot of money in our community to keep the economy going. And, uh, you know, you've alienated uh, uh, these people. And, and uh, all of our teachers and all of our education workers have, uh, you know, various connections in the community. And I think that's going to start spreading. I think you're going to start to see our local MPPs start to panic a little bit about their chances of re-election. Because let's face facts. That's what they're mostly concerned about yeah. is winning their next election. It's tough, and tough against the majority government, but knowing that that's down there, down the line somewhere, I'd, I'd like to hear them actually talk, pol consider policy at some point too, that that may not be, that the yeah, policies I, I, might be I, crappy, I, I but I, gotta be I don't honest, think that I don't, moves I don't have any hope for that because I think their, their agenda is very clear and it is, it is about the beginning of privatizing. It's, uh, you know, they know they can't get away with directly privatizing yeah. education in the public eye. So this was kind of, in my eyes, this is their sneaky way through e-learning to uh, to begin that process. You dismantle the system, you starve the system, and uh, which really ha has kind of been happening for, for a number of years now already. But you, you create a bit of a crisis and and uh, then you offer privatization as, yeah. as the answer. So, uh, I mean, that's a a really good summary, I think, of our issues. They haven't changed for a year and no. a half since we started <laughs> doing this, right? But I'll be interested today. Uh, part of what I'm excited about today is to talk to the other uh, local heads. Mm -hmm. I like to talk to Ed folks. In part, I, di I didn't really, and I still don't totally understand all the issues that are uh, up for negotiations for them. And well, what some, their some similar are. issues and concerns around class sizes. Right? Yeah. I know the government has talked about taking away all language uh, on class caps from grades four to grade eight. Yeah, that's uh, so that's, you know, that's a similar situation to what we're yeah. in. Uh, you know, e-learning is probably the, the difference maker for us. Yeah, and, I would say so. Um, so uh, it will be interesting to hear what they have to say. All right. Well, uh, you folks stay tuned with us today. We'll be back in probably little fits and starts of uh, quick recordings of maybe four or five minute segments with uh, anyone and everyone we can nab. Uh, good luck out there on the picket lines today. And uh, we are with you in solidarity. Today's episode is brought to you by Invisible License Plates. Designed by Russian oligarchs in Siberian prison camps, Invisible License Plates are as blue as your great uncle's party membership card. Blue License Plates do everything a traditional white model does without the distraction of being seen. Play tricks on your co-workers and pursuing police cars with royal blue Invisible Plates. Be like Premier Ford and live your own vanity insanity with Ontario's new Invisible License plates. Okay, and so we had a uh, an interview with Scott Marshall, local OSSTF District 29 president, that we recorded that day. Uh, Scott was gracious uh, enough to to spare a few minutes for us, uh, but that got lost in the worldwide net web. So instead, uh, we're just going to run a portion of the speech uh, which he delivered at the beginning of the rally uh, last Friday. It is an ideology. Not, this government simply does not support public education. Shame! The government wants to divide us. We are here today to show loud and clear that we are united. We are strong. We will not be divided. And we will always stand up to protect quality public education. Today's podcast is brought to you by Politicians Groundhog Day. Our friends at Politicians Groundhog Day remind you to hibernate safely this year 
and stay hibernated for as long as politically prudent. If you must sneak out for one question period, do it quickly, lie liberally, and then retreat to your caucus. Don't worry about seeing shadows anymore when you can simply hide in the shadows of others. Politicians Groundhog Day, because winter is hard. All right, we're back, uh, coming to you live from uh, an undisclosed location here at Swix Park, and we've got uh, one of our one of the few the few times we've ever done this. It's a, a phone in guest, uh, fellow pack member, Tara Prance is calling all, all the way from uh, Maydock, Ontario. Say hello, Tara. Hello, everybody. How are you? Uh, we're doing pretty well down here. We're you're just finishing up, but we're about an hour and a half in, and people are. Down here, we we walked from Swix up to uh, to Dundas, more or less, and people are kind of doing the loop yep. from from Dundas and the Bay Bridge to Coleman and back. And there are a lot of people, like a lot, a lot of awesome. people. Is it wild? Like I can't imagine. I want to see. I hope to, everybody's taking lots of pictures. I'd like to see what it looks like in Belleville. Yeah, there'll be a bunch online. I'm sure it's pretty. Honestly, it's pretty chaotic. <laughs> we just, yeah, we're just kind of walking, and uh, I've talked to people and lost people, but. Um, yeah. But, but there are a lot of people out in force. Anyway, we want to call it. I want to hear um, what's the experience been like up at, uh, at Center today? Uh, so at Center Hastings, um, it has been a fairly positive experience today. Um, so we arrived here at 8.30 uh, and Scott was here to welcome us and kind of um, get us going. And yeah. then we've had, uh, so OSSTF is here, EPO is here. Um the Catholic teachers are here, and our QP members are marching with us on their lunch hour. Um, we've had some students with us. Oh, that's um, good. Little, little students and some high school students. Um, we've had a local business that has opened up um, their doors to us uh, and put on actually kind of like a potluck lunch for us. Um, so that's been amazing. Uh, that's Jim Bonter. Um, so he's uh, been fabulous. Uh, Hidden Goldline Bakery is being fabulous, as is Ace's Pizza. Um, they've been really supportive every time that we've been out. Um, so it's been great. Uh, lots of people here. Now, I, I did just want to mention that one person who is not in town today is our MPP, Daryl Cram. Oh, no. Is he busy? Uh, uh, no, actually, their whole office is closed today for professional development. <laughs> so there is a big sign on the door to say that no one is in the office today. Okay. Um, they will return back to work on Friday or on Monday. Sorry, uh, they'll be back in the office uh, Monday the twenty fourth. But they are they're they're off today for a, for a PD day. Can you um so I, s- since you're so on? I hope they're learning a lot. <laughs> Sorry. Since uh, you're on that, can I ask you something that um, the FO president, I think it's Dave Henderson, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, everybody, but um, he spoke here at SWIX, um, okay. as Scott did. And one thing he said I wanted to ask you about was he said that uh, during the last strike action, did MPP Cramp come out and speak to the teachers and say something to the effect of, we're going to ride this out and then decertify the teachers union? Oh, had you I, had you I, heard any of that? I no, I wasn't okay. there to oh, okay. hear that. Uh, yeah, so I. Um, you can neither confirm nor deny, but that's yeah, okay. I can neither confirm nor deny. I have actually not seen um, MPP Cramp uh, 
at all, like when we've been on strike. Um, now, I did know, I heard that he had had knee surgery, so I knew that I had heard that he was yeah, recovering okay. from that. Okay. Um, but uh, that was in, I want to say that was in the strike date in December. Um, so, yeah, I, but I know I can't, and I, I know I can't that, confirm or deny that. I know that you've spoken on, uh, on previous podcasts about... Uh, meeting with them and stuff i just wanted to ask yes, if, yes. i just wanted to ask uh, about that so what's the um what's the tenor like i mean you've mentioned a lot of businesses um that have been really supportive of you guys up there um have you got much feedback from uh parents or uh, other community members in general um yeah varying like um you know a lot of like people honking um, yep. people giving a thumbs up things like that which is really nice um you know, like a, a couple of people that I, I think uh, are getting a little frustrated, maybe with some sure. um, with striking, but mostly it's been support and and honking and and like I said, oh, there's a honk. Um, <laughs> support, you know, mostly people are being very supportive. Honestly, nice. like like today's mm-hmm. the the mood down here is is generally celebratory and supportive, but there is there is frustration even amongst our ranks beneath that as well right like people aren't like this this is kind of interesting and i, I don't know if fun is not the right yeah. fun's not the right word exciting is not the right word but there is an element no. of like like people don't if we could choose to be in our classrooms teaching like i would yeah. pick to do that instead so oh, we're absolutely. all frustrated like i i want my kids i want to be with my kids i think we all want to be with our kids and i think like for me um just the things that seem like no-brainers like you can't make e-learning mandatory in a province. Like, it's just not equitable for the students. It's not equitable for rural students who don't have Wi-Fi. It's not equitable for kids with learning disabilities. It's not equitable for people who can't afford Wi-Fi. Like, it's crazy. Oh, I never told you, Adam. Yes. I called Stephen Lecce's office. Oh, you did? Uh, I did. I called Lecce's office after the last time that I was on strike. So, okay. Um, and... I was speaking with the lady working for him, and I did not identify as a teacher, I'll tell you that, sure. uh, but I did explain that I had two sons who were in high school, which is true, yeah. and so I mentioned living, we live, we do live rural, but we are literally five minutes out of tweet, like yeah. a five minute drive, Yeah. and the Wi-Fi does not always work at my house, living sure. five minutes out of tweet, like sure. it glitches and it stops and things like that. So what I, my question that I posed to um, Stephen Lecce's office was, I said, you know, um, what, what happens? We have one computer at my house. Yeah. Um, the Wi-Fi does not always work. So I, I don't understand how this e-learning is going to happen. Oh, well, don't worry. They can use computers at the school. Right. I said, oh, so if they have homework, are they going to be allowed to take the computers home? And she goes, well, no. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, well, um, what what about if they, so I said, there's no homework in an e-learning course? Like, really? Yeah, right. Because my kids have lots of homework in other classes. She goes, oh, well, they can go to, there's lots of places that have Wi-Fi. They can go to the library. I said, well, actually, they can't because you, you cut the funding, funding for the, the library. So that's, that's <laughs> not an option. And you know what she told me to do? She told me I could take the kids to Tim Hortons. Oh. No word of a lie. She said, well, there's lots of businesses like Tim Hortons that have Wi-Fi and uh, you could, the kids could go there. And I said, well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to work all day 
and then drive my kids into town yeah, right. so that they can try to do homework on their phones at the Tim Hortons. Like, not happening. Oh my gosh, so, Tara. Anyway. Well, at least they at least they have a plan. The plan, I know. The plan is. It's like, but it's, there's a part of me like I feel just feel like saying, "Is this real life? Like, is this, <laughs> am I, are you actually?" saying these words to me. I can't even believe it. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway, well, thank so. you very much for calling in. Fighting okay, the good fight up keep there. Warm. We will. Keep warm. Okay. And we'll talk to you soon, we'll Tara. Okay, sounds good. Bye-bye. Okay, we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sacrificial lambs. Got a messy problem you don't want to deal with? Send your sacrificial lamb to take care of any of life's boo-boos, like press conferences or wildly unpopular policies. Baby blue lambs come with the highest pedigree, are vaccinated, and educated at the University of Western Ontario. With baby blue sacrificial lambs, never get your hands dirty again. All right, we've got some eleventh uh, hour additions here <laughs> to the pod. This one was recorded in fits and starts, but we'll get it together uh, by the end for sure. So, first off, Chris, uh, we've had a little bit of time to reflect, and we got through the the experience on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, what cold were, and windy? <laughs> it's cold and windy as hell. What? Um, how are you feeling after Friday's? Uh, well, I, I think uh, the mood was was actually really gr- it was great. It was very positive. Uh, the amount of support we had uh, from horn honking was was just unbelievable. I think everyone there was was talking about it. It seemed to be successful in that sense. That made us feel better. I think about the fact that it, uh, based on horn honking, seems like the public <laughs> is really yeah. on our side. Our sure unofficial poll. Sure, there are unofficial poll. I'm sure yeah. there were the odd, you know, uh, the odd one or two who. Uh, came by shaking fists and other appendages. Do we get to double? Do we get to double digit uh, <laughs> middle fingers? No, no. Uh, yeah. At the corner I was at, right, right at the at Dundas and 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 the bridge, uh, uh, we counted eight. <laughs> All right, not eight, bad. Uh, but I would say hundreds, hundreds, yeah, maybe thousands sure. of horn honking. So uh, it was overall really uh, a great day. I think it made people feel better um, because you know obviously teachers are always concerned about. Uh, is the public behind us here? We yeah. know how important it is for our fight, but also just it would seem pretty futile if, if they weren't. And in this case, I think we all felt good about it. Uh, you, you hear it so often, and we think that they're behind us, but it's nice to be out there and see it. Yeah. I was surprised too by um, I wasn't really sure what the plan was. Like, I knew we were getting down to Swix, and then I didn't know what the walk would look like. I, I don't know what the Bay Bridge would look like. It, it would have seemed cool if we could have done that. And when we switched to uh, the plan that we did execute, I was uh, kind of lukewarm on it. But then when I actually saw it, it was actually it was a very good place to be. I, 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 I did say, not appreciate I, it. I got to say, I, I felt the same. I was really disappointed that we uh, weren't going across the bridge because I thought the symbolism of that, particularly since they did it in 97, yeah, the sure. last time there was a massive strike like this and – and uh, on the way to Todd Smith's office, I yep. thought that that was perfect. And when, uh, you know, for safety reasons, we we couldn't get the police support to do that. Um, I, I was disappointed and was questioning whether, you know, uh, 
Uh, I certainly not executive meeting. I uh, uh, through emails I questioned whether that was the best location. Yeah, it turned out I was wrong. Like yeah. that, it was a great location. Uh, the the support was fantastic. Uh, it, it couldn't have worked out any better. It was busy, and then we were able the show of us. Just the scale of us ended up lining right. quite a bit of yeah. the area, along with people doing loops down to Coleman right. and back, and a little bit down. And, and there the were some of the businesses down at the bottom of the hill there, like Tim Hortons and Subway, yeah. uh, were very supportive too. They let people come in and use the washroom, and they yeah, right. uh, obviously they were smart business people because they knew yeah. that, uh, there was you know customers and uh, a lot of people purchased things there, and and we did have a number of people who drove by and actually dropped things off to people. Um, I know uh, one car drove up and gave a box a dozen donuts in, in front of us. And so there was a lot of that kind of thing going on. So, I mean, I think we all felt pr- pretty positive at the end. Mm-hmm. Cold, a little windswept, but yep. pretty positive. Yep. But okay, can we move on to then um, today, some of today's announcements from ETFO and what we mm-hmm. kind of expect going forward from there. So yeah. uh, do you want to summarize for people the stuff that you read today regarding their sure, phase sure. six? Sure, I was, uh, I got to be honest, I was a bit shocked when they announced uh, Friday that they were going to announce phase six this morning. I thought they were really going to escalate things. Yeah. Um, this seems like they've, uh, according to Sam Hammond, they've refocused their efforts to target, specifically target the conservative MPPs and uh, their members are being told to, uh, to write their MPPs, to add signatures to their emails yeah. that uh, indicate they're uh, from FO, um, uh, all kinds of items. Uh, I I'm going to list pick a few it, here. Pick it once a week, something, you know. I'll list a few here from sure. FO's phase six. So um, <clears throat> for the next two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, inclusive, it's uh, expected that FO members will organize a coordinated picket uh, outside their schools for at least 20 minutes, uh, at least one day per week. And it says that they can split it up, like doing 10 to 10 minute chunks. They have to send a member to their MPP and the Minister of Education. Uh, they have a website, Building Better Schools, uh, and they want that link to be sent to five other non-educators, which I, I think is uh, a clever idea and a mm-hmm. good one too, uh, to send a letter to school board trustees and then to engage in an online picket line. The one you're referring to means like basically gathering right. um, once a week. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's once a week um, to send out collective yeah. tweets or posts, et cetera, to kind of keep the pressure on as well. And then you're right to add uh, an FO solidarity signature to their, their board emails just uh, just to remind people further that the fight's not over. I think there's a couple of key things in there that, that catch my attention. And, and one is this idea that they're refocusing their efforts on the MPPs. It, it, yeah. I think it's, it, to be fair, I think it's uh, to give their members a bit of a break. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, just like us, it's been a, a tough haul for people and financially. And um, they tick on a lot in a short period that's of time. Right, like they there did. were several days locally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, go off the top of my head, I think there were maybe there were three out of five days yes. or something like that. That's a big hit. And it, it gives their, the families of young kids a, a bit yep. of a break, too. They know there's some security, at least for the next two weeks, that, that kids will be in the classroom. And, you know, of course, OSSDF is continuing with their rotating strikes this Friday, yep, is, Friday. is the phase that includes, I, I believe, Hamilton and, and Oshawa. Ottawa. Ottawa, too. Uh, Ottawa. Um, I don't think we know yet what our next phase is, but... Um, what our next step is. But uh, if this is any indication, I think it's an attempt to uh, sort of refocus those efforts to to think about lobbying the MPPs is really the key. And uh, we've done a pretty good job of that overall since last since last spring, but I think uh, we need to focus on that again too. So um, It'll be interesting because so 
their two-week window. Basically, they've said they they won't do anything else within that two-week window, aside from what they were already right. doing, right? But no, no further strikes. Yeah. That will coincide. Their two weeks will coincide with us. That second week, we'll be done our next round That's of right. rotating strikes, right? So we'll be back at square one, which was us locally. And we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, I wouldn't they, be I wouldn't be surprised if that week there's not much going on, and then we wait to see what happens there and then coordinate again. Right. The other thing that really catches my attention from that is the mention of the trustees. Yeah. And I know <clears throat> up till now, certainly here locally in, in Hastings, Prince Edward, there's been a reluctance to be critical of the trustees because we have a number of progressive trustees yeah. that were elected last time. We've had them on this show. That we've had them on the show that yeah. are on side. However, uh, there there has been a little bit of a change in that. Not that they're not necessarily on side, but it, it seems, um, I think uh, the EPFO president mentioned this right on stage at the rally on Friday about how, you know, it's gloves are off now that OBSPA, the, the school board association, who the trustees are, are part yeah. of, ha- has not been... Uh, on our side in negotiations. I look at something like class caps. That's something that's come. The request for to get rid of class caps is something that the Ontario Principals Council has been after through OBSPA in negotiations. I mean, that's the kind of thing that, that, that they are lobbying for. So it's not like the school board trustees are really have been on our side. So yes, locally, we may have three or four that are supportive but the association that they belong to yes. uh, is, a, is a hindrance to uh, to negotiating a settlement and, and continues to kind of stand on the sideline and not really uh, take up the cause of, of smaller class sizes or, or keeping class sizes the same, right? To stand up for their kids. To stand up yeah. for the kids. And, yeah. and so I think the frustration's there, and I think it's time that we start looking at uh, what we're going to do to convince our trustees that, hey, you have a lot of constituents here who aren't happy with it, what's happening in education, and uh, you might want to think about... Uh, how best you can serve those constituents. I mean, they're just elected, but ultimately they'll face election a little That's bit right. again right. too. So I, I think in two weeks' time, we'll know a lot more yeah, than we sure. know right now. Okay. Well, um, thanks everyone for bearing with us and for listening in to episode four from season two. Uh, our apologies to Greg Stevens. We had to bump him for someone with uh, a better title. And a reminder mm-hmm. to follow us on Twitter at OSSTFD. And that you can always email us at d29pac at gmail.com with your feedback. Thank you for listening in and ensure you continue to support your colleagues across all four unions. You will hear again from us in March, hopefully with some news of a settlement that does not include e-learning. But uh, more on that when we get there. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully not. And, you know, there was more than Greg Stevens bumped this time. We also didn't get the yeah. uh, I bumped the other, every local every president. Every local president <laughs> didn't, didn't end up getting on, not through uh, any fault of their own or our own. Well, it has been our vanity project. <laughs> yes, so that's true. It that's should, true. should stay that way. That's okay, right. next.